Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 53, introducing interviews and an introduction on why we use our level system. Today we're going to talk about the upcoming season of podcasts here that are primarily focusing on interviewing aquatic professionals. Now that can mean swim instructors, aquatic directors, or swim coaches. And we're going to have interviews that are about an hour in length that give you some in-depth information in swim lessons. Let's get started. That's right. We are going to be doing interviews. We're going to be talking to the aquatic professionals in swimming that uh, have experience with running a swim lesson program, teaching swim lessons, or coaching on deck. We're going to be talking to people that are involved with swimming and swim lessons, and we're going to get their experience and their expertise learning from them so you can get uh, more information and more exposure to the different ways that we teach swim lessons. Now, I want to talk about why this is beneficial to you, why we're going towards this format, and what I think that you're going to get out of it. And then finally, we're going to end with a little bit of a preview from our first interview. And I'm going to talk about why we introduce skills early and then reinforce them often later on as we progress through our skills and levels. Uh, The Swimming Ideas level system is designed to do this very thing, which is introduce a skill at a very early stage and then layer on top of that over time uh, more complex, difficult skills. Let's go back to the beginning, though. We're going to be doing interview-style podcasts, and that means there's going to be a conversation between me, your host, Jeff, and a aquatic professional in some capacity. And we're going to speak about generally these three topics. What program do you use or follow? And go into detail about that. Now, most people do Red Cross or some variation of it, or they've come up with their own. Uh, and that's really meaty and interesting because it everybody has their different way of doing things. And this is going to give you, the listener, an opportunity to uh, get exposure to more diverse programs than just American Red Cross. We're going to look at uh, how people hire and train their staff. We're going to look at what tactics they're using to retain and train their swim instructors, their lifeguards, uh, because that's generally one of the most difficult things for any program to do is hire quality staff and keep them around. You likely know that swim lessons and swim instructing is a very part-time temporary job for most people. The majority of swim uh, swim programs are park districts in America, and they're hiring during the summer, and they have temporary staff, usually in high school, sometimes in college, uh, but certainly not always full-time aquatic professionals. So we're going to look at how we hire and train our swim instructor staff. Uh, that's going to be one of the second focuses of, this pilot, of these interviews. And then finally, we're going to be asking our interviewees what fun and effective swim games or activities they play in their swim lessons. What is their go-to game? For our program, it's bake a cake or buckethead. What's yours? You know, we're going to be asking those questions, hopefully in an effort 
to give people more exposure to different games and activities. Now, the number one resource on our website, swimminglessonsideas.com, is the swim lesson games. So that's going to be the third focus for this podcast. Now, I think this is going to be beneficial to you because you're going to learn from other people's experience. You're going to have an opportunity to listen in into the management and the decisions that go into the different swim lesson programs. And that hopefully will give you an insight on how you can improve your own program or as a swim instructor, what you can do to emulate other successful programs. Uh, swimming is a very personal thing. Uh, and I say that because we have, in my experience, seen a lot of different swim programs with different criterias and different focuses. Swimming is very personal because the individual instructor focuses in on those things that they feel is important. Now, that can be glides. It can be infant swimming like ISR. It can be safety. Um, you know, very, very focused on asking for permission to get in the water every time. Uh, good things to do. Um, not, 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 in my opinion, not necessarily ne- necessary for a swim lesson. Um, there are competitive focusing, so focusing on just doing the four competitive strokes, uh, people that just want to have fun. You know, there are a bunch of different focuses that people have different priorities when they are in their lessons or when they're teaching their lessons and running their programs. Uh, so uh, we see that there are some standards. Uh, American Red Cross is the big one that I keep mentioning because they're largely ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Everyone's heard about them. Uh, they're very widespread, but their program leaves a lot to be desired. They have 17 skills in their introductory introduction to water skills class. Their level one class for people that don't know how to swim, who've never been in the water, has 18, 17 different skills. Uh, in my opinion, that's insane. And a lot of other people feel the same way and have taken American Red Cross as a guidepost and adapted it to their own programs. So we're going to look at, have you done that and why? Um, so we're going to look at those standards and we're going to look at those variations and how people have solved those unique problems that they have in their programs is going to be interesting to you to listen to and for me to listen to honestly as well. So how do people solve their problems to get their lessons done? That's going to be another focus of the podcast. And I think that's going to be a benefit to you because you're going to be able to uh, learn from their experience and maybe yes, you share that same problem, but maybe you haven't spent a lot of time focusing on correcting it and someone else has. And then you'll say, Oh, okay. They've already done the hard work of discovering it, trialing it and implementing it. I can take these things that they've done and implement them in my own program. Uh, and finally, it, this is going to give you an opportunity to connect with other aquatic professionals. So just by being on the podcast, it'll, we have about, a hundred people listening to it every day. Uh, you'll be able to learn from other people and get their name and information if they want to share that. And you can connect with them in the medium that they supply and offer for you to do so, uh, which would give you a good opportunity to connect with other people uh, and just have a conversation with them and say, Hey, you know, I'm having this problem. What did you do to solve it? Or, you know, I heard you talking on the swimming ideas podcast. Maybe uh, you can give me a game idea. Uh, or, you know, I heard you talking about these awesome book games. You know, I'd like to buy your lesson plans. Um, and maybe that's something that people would be interested in. Uh, so I think you're going to find a lot of good material here. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. 
Now, the first podcast with the interview is going to go live on March 27th, Monday, 2017. And it will be an interview with Jennifer Butler from Roots Aquatics in Massachusetts. And we had a conversation um, where we talked about the very things that I just outlined. What program are you running? Uh, how do you hire and train your staff? And what fun and effective swim games do you play in your program? And I'm really excited about this. And I think you can tell from my, my tone and my voice here. Uh, but I'm super excited. I'm really, really looking forward to what you think about this and these new, uh, interview style podcasts. And I want to know if you want to be on the podcast as well. So like I said, we have a lot of people that listen. I want to know, are you interested in being on this podcast as an interviewee? Do you want to be interviewed as an aquatic professional? You know, I'm putting this call out to you now because I need guests on the podcast. Uh, I will have a link in the show notes that you can click on and submit your interest to the, to the, uh, show. Uh, if you meet those certain requirements that we have, are you an aquatic professional of some kind? Do you have experience teaching? Are you currently teaching lessons? Uh, are you a swim instructor or are you a swim coach um, that has some experience teaching swimming? You know, if you meet those criteria and you respond and communicate, then we'll set up in time to interview and then we can record and share it with everyone else. So if you're interested in being on this podcast as an aquatic professional, please fill out the form, uh, click on the link that is in the show notes, and connect with me today. Uh, like I said, the first interview is with Jen Fur Butler from Roots Aquatics, and that is going live on Monday, March 27th, and it'll be episode number 54. And just to end and transition here, uh, for the, the rest of the podcast here, we're going to be talking about, uh, something that Jen came, you know, brought to light during her interview and during her, uh, podcast episode is she said that they introduce skills early on and reinforce them often over the course of their program. Now, Jennifer and her program is uh, designed by her and her staff and it, it aims to achieve a number, uh, a specific goal, and that is to swim across the length of their pool. They have a 25-yard four-lane lap pool. Their goal is to get their swimmers to swim one length uh, of swimming uh, and to do it well, and they want that's their goal. That's their target. So everything that they do aims towards that goal. And what she says in her her when she's talking is she's going to be giving, you know, during each of her lessons, each skill is targeted at achieving that goal. So she's going to introduce in her program and, you know, I'll let her words speak for themselves in that, in that, uh, episode. But basically, uh, they're introducing skills and then coming back to them later on. Uh, and, and you can listen to that next week on Monday, uh, as she goes into detail with it. But I like that concept. The idea is you're starting early teaching essential skills. And then as you progress in difficulty and expertise, you're layering on more complicated steps to those more basic skills. What do I mean by that? Front glides, streamline, freestyle swimming, breaststroke, butterfly. It all starts with putting your face in the water, but it all starts with that initial glide that body line position where the spine is straight, the body is engaged and 
like a pencil. The head is down and you remain in that position while you are pushed or you push yourself through the water. Uh, so in our program and swimming lessons, uh, we do, I think it's like 20 to 30 glides per lesson per child. Uh, we're going back and forth on the benches as often as much as we can. And that's in an effort to get that first essential skill after going underwater, that first essential skill of gliding and body line and posture. Because later on, when we're teaching freestyle, that's the, that's the foundation is that straight body line, the head down. Later on, when we're teaching backstroke, the foundation of keeping your body straight and in line is there. When we teach breaststroke, you know, a full section of that stroke is getting back into the line. Butterfly, same thing, but with the undulation. So everything that we do initially is aiming towards a more complicated, difficult skill later on. So we're not introducing superfluous or unnecessary skills. For example, um, we're not explicitly teaching how to enter and exit the water like American Red Cross does. Now, we're doing that. You know, we are showing them in the few first 10 seconds how to get in the water, how to climb out of the ladder. When we're doing jumps, we're showing them how to climb out of the side of the pool. You know, the instructor is engaged in that, but it's not a specific explicit skill on our testing sheets because it, it, you, you can just show it in a matter of seconds. It's not necessary to document and say, oh, we taught them how to enter and exit the pool. Um, so each of our skills are specifically designed to build on top of each other. So we start with going underwater, then we do glides, then we add kicks, then we add the arms. You know, we're starting at the core and building our way outwards. And once we've learned that macro skill, the, the larger skill that underlies the activity, then we can move on to the more finer details. Finally, culminating or finishing at the end with the hand placement, where the hand goes and what the arms do specifically. Uh, so, like Jen says, and like you're going to find out on Monday, we introduce skills and then we build on those skills and layer them over time. Now, what I, what I think you're going to find interesting is there's some debate on the side glide and turning your head to the side to breathe. And I think uh, you'll know from previous podcasts, if you've listened to the show at all, where I fall into that camp. And I fall into the, I want to teach breathing to the side like you would when you're regularly swimming, like freestyle or front crawl, turning your head to the side and continuing to swim with your face down in the water. My, and based on my experience and the hundreds of kids that I've taught, I think that's the best way to go as opposed to side glide, which is rolling on your back or rolling on your side with your face out of the water and doggy paddling or kicking while you're panting for breath. You know, I think instead it's better to teach put your face in the water and swim and then turn your head to the side to take your breath and then continue swimming. I think that's a more important skill. And if you're teaching that skill, you can briefly, in a matter of five to two minutes in a class, introduce side glide or rolling on your back that achieves the same safety goal of side glide, which is survival swimming basically, in a shorter amount of time. So you can spend your effort and time working on turning your head to the side to breathe, and in a matter of minutes, you can teach 
the side glider, the roll onto your back survival swim that accomplishes the same goal of cycling. Uh, so this is kind of an interesting thing. We talk about it briefly uh, with Jennifer. Uh, and maybe when, if you're a guest on the podcast, we can talk about this as well and what your thoughts are. You know, I'm open to this. I, like I said, I'm conflicted, but and, and I have an opinion, but I'm open to being swayed. You know, if, if presented with evidence and uh, a good argument, I'm willing to change my mind and my belief here because... Ultimately, what I'm looking for is the best way to teach swimming. Uh, and if there's a compelling evidence that suggests or that you can prove or, you know, give me some even anecdotal evidence, I'm willing to change my opinion on that. So I'm open to this discussion. I want to know what you think about it. Uh, so you can comment in the comments below. You can connect on Twitter or you can send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. All right, let's wrap this up. So uh, going forward, we're going to be having interviews with aquatic professionals, and I'm going to be sharing it with you on the podcast. And uh, I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it, and it's going to be a lot of fun and interesting and different. Uh, and finally, Swimming Ideas does offer uh, lesson plans. We have training documents. We have level sheets. Uh, we also have an online lesson management suite. You can go to management.swimminglessonsideas.com and you can run your swim lessons using these uh, online forms. Uh, so you can send an email with the customized comments and, uh, and level criteria all on that sheet. Uh, it'll be sent off as an email. You can adjust, you can take attendance on deck. You can take attendance from your office. You know, there, it's a great management suite designed for, you know, we designed it for our program, but it's also available for everybody. So you can use it uh, in your swim lessons. Now, it's not a registration software where people go online and register. It's for you, the manager. You'll put your, um, you'll put your accounts in. So your family, you'll attach swimmers to those accounts and then you can track the level progress. You can track how um, often they've come to class. You can separate kids into different classes. You can organize them by level. You can input instructors, attach them to the classes. You can do attendance. You can do makeup lessons. But the best part about this program, this online lesson management, is emailing your end-of-session review sheets to the parents directly. You type it up on the form for each kid and click a button and... The, uh, the end of session review sheet is emailed to the participant. So you know they get it and you have a record of it uh, if you need to send it again. Uh, so check it out, management at swimminglessonsideas.com. And of course, you also have, uh, if you're interested, access to all of our lesson plans, our visual swim skill sheets. There's a swim instructor training workbook you can get on Amazon. Uh, it's the swim instructor training workbook from Swimming Ideas. Uh, and if you're interested, the uh, how to teach, how to create fun and effective swim games, that is also available on Amazon. It's 99 cents right now, or if you're on Kindle Unlimited, it's free. So go out and get that info if you need it, or if you want it, or if you're looking to improve your swim lessons. And tune in, because we're going to be giving you a lot of good information here uh, through the form of interviews and talking to other people and aquatic professionals. 
All right. Thank you for your time. And tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. 